Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank boy, bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav, and this is P, and it's just the two of us this week, P. Okay, so um, um, we're going to have a lovely, lovely show. Um, winners and losers. We've picked now. It's a bit different this week because we've both picked a winner, but we've which is two subjects, and then we usually have two losers, but we've kind of combined them together to have a big chat about them. But I think it's I think it's very important tonight that the people in the live chat give us as much feedback as they can on these subjects because. Otherwise, honestly, me and you are going to look like two fucking raving lunatics and um, just going mad for the next hour or so, right? So there's an hour on the clock. Um, we're going to get going. The show is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Um, check it out. If you're a gambler and you want to gamble responsibly, they have all the odds on all the sports from all the bookies. And go ahead and do that. If you don't gamble, um, articles, um, you know, comparisons, stats, all sorts of stuff on there. So if, if you gamble or don't gamble, it's a good website. If you do choose to gamble, please gamble responsibly. But it is bookmakers.com if you type that in. Link is in the description as well for the YouTube channel. Um P um yeah. I, I usually go looking on a Monday for people to come on to winners and losers. And then you put your name forward today and I went, right, it's just me and you then because we'll have enough to talk about with just two people. So it was an interesting weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. I mean, look, there's so many. I mean, if Shane had been on, you know, he would have wanted to talk about some goalkeeping issues, some disallowed goals, some some amazing stuff that happened at Tottenham in the Tottenham Brighton game. Um, you know, you look at obviously what we're going to talk about what happened at Anfield. You know, it's yeah, it's been a very very interesting weekend to say the least. To say the least. It's there's so much going on. There's loads of football going on. There's loads going on at the top. There's loads going on around top four. There's loads going on about relegation. Managers going out, some coming in. It's it's so much going on. Straight in, actually, Nigel with a super chat for twenty pounds said just for Gav's charity. It's not my charity. I don't run a charity, but uh, Nigel, that's very much appreciated. That anything that we earn off that super chat um, will go to breast cancer research. And like I said, from the start of February right through till the till the Dublin Marathon in October, any super chat we get on this channel will go towards that. Um, Charity, so thanks a million for that. Um, and he's getting loads of love in the chat as well. Um, because yeah, of that, so fair play to him. So, um, let's uh, uh, I do this every week, but let's go with our winners first because I want to leave the losers yeah. at the end, right? Because I think that's the best yeah. way to leave it. So, winners, I let yeah. you go first. Who is your winner of the week? Arsenal fans, okay. 
Um, as you know, you know this time of year, I, I have two positions for for watching the game. If I'm not at it, um, it's either in front of the TV or behind the couch, shitting myself. Um, but to be fair, I, I put on the screen here in the garage, and just wanted to take it all in because, let's face it, we've not there's nothing riding on it for us. But obviously, this time of year, um, is particularly poignant. I remember being an eleven year old kid when I was running home. My mother had just bought me. For my birthday, because my birthday is the 16th of April, I just bought me the um, Bruce Grobbler goalkeeper jersey, which I was, Phil Casey will tell you, I was crying for and I really wanted, really wanted. So running back to the house to to watch the game and obviously went into the house and there was no game on, just people all over the park. So we all know what happened next. And in the 30 or so years that have followed, you know, it's it's been, you know, listen, I'm from Dublin, so are you. Um, and we feel it deeply, but... You, know, you can only imagine how people, and you know, we, we, we all know people over there who have personal stakes in it and, and really know what's what's going on. But, you know, over the last few weeks, obviously we've played Chelsea, we've played Manchester City, and some of the behaviour has been, you know, abhorrent. Um, but yesterday, what I saw, to be honest with you, I got an actual, I'm getting a lump in my throat now, because the Arsenal fans, you know, the silence was... I mean, for everything that they have at stake, you've seen the way they celebrated their goals. You've seen the camera going, and it really meant a lot to them. It would have been not forgivable, but it would have been easy to assume, oh, they're just going to say something. But not a pin dropped. I've never heard a silence like it. You could hear what people were thinking. You know, I was. it was so silent that I could see, you know, Diego Jada was kind, Diego Jada was kind of moving, and, and that was the only kind of thing that, you know, you, you noticed. Arsenal fans, for me, were just... When you think of everything they've got at stake, the history that the two clubs have got together, you know, the near misses that we shared and, you know, Anfield 89, I, I cried my eyes out that, you know, that night as well as, a, as an 11-year-old. But, I mean, Arsenal fans for me, I will never forget that. And I really, I'll be cheering them on for the rest of the season. Not only are they winners on the park, but off the park, where it really matters, to be honest with you, as human beings, they were to a man, Absolute. I hope there's Arsenal people watching this tonight. And there usually is. Really... There's usually a couple of Arsenal fans in, yeah. Because they really, really... Listen, Arsenal is a real football club. A real football. With real football fans who understand what football really is about. So Arsenal fans, for me, are the, are the winner, my winners by a mile this weekend. I thought they were excellent. Um, you know, Liverpool lose the title that season to Arsenal at Anfield. Um, mm. Michael Thomas. And, you know, I remember that game as well. And I remember Arsenal celebrating it afterwards and Liverpool fans obviously upset over losing the league, but it was it was nothing compared to what had happened weeks previous and players had to, you know, um, on a player side of thing, they had to deal with what was going on. And they had to, um, you know, they had to go to funerals probably needed some counselling themselves, probably didn't realise they did. Um, and you even looked at that leash in, in probably a year, over a year later, 18 months maybe. Um, and Arsenal first-hand scene, you know, as other clubs did, we, we played more of our games, but in such a big game, Arsenal fans seen how much Liverpool, the club and the city were hurting around that time. And I don't think they've ever forgotten it. You know, I've seen a picture, um, I've seen a picture yesterday, um, it might have been from from the game. Um, I think it's um, the guy that played for Villa. Is it Kevin Richardson? Yeah, um, he's one that launched a long ball forward. 
yeah he's way. he's um he's going towards the cop with flowers and stuff like that around that time and and Arsenal are a proper football club and and look but don't get me wrong Manchester United are a proper football club but what's happened but what's happened is is that um at times um United have had their own disasters Munich um and it becomes tit for tat and it's on both sides don't get me wrong it's on both sides and and I love that when Ten Hag and Klopp and both clubs come out a couple of weeks ago whenever it was before the game at Anfield and said this has to stop simply has to stop and and it did I, I was at Anfield that day Liverpool won 7-0 and it would have been very easy for Manchester United fans to start singing songs because they were getting beaten and they didn't and in fairness to them you hold your hands up and say yeah stuff's gone on in the past but that day would have been the easiest day to do it and they didn't but Arsenal I think from the start here going into this game were, were classy they, they go to the Hillsborough Memorial before it. Um, I think it's Arteta. It's definitely Odegaard. It might have been one other. Um, yeah, and then Arteta's wearing the 97 badge after the game yesterday. Um, there's not one song that I heard come out of the Arsenal end about, you know, um, you know, fuel banks or sign on or, or, you know, poverty or whatever it is. There was none of that from Arsenal yesterday. They came to support their team. They sang their songs. Um, they probably thought they should have won it. They probably looked, walked away thinking, lucky to get a draw. It was one of those games. And and I th- I think it's a brilliant pick for a winner of the week. I really, really do. And, they deserve um, it. Uh, they yeah, deserve. it's... it's um, Rush on the far side is the Lee Dixon put flowers on the cop end that night. I thought yeah. I'd seen a picture of Richardson as well, but I could, yeah. it, could, it might have been a different game. Um, but it looked yeah. like it was the game at Anfield. Um, they, restored, they restored my fate, to be honest with you. Well, I think uh, it's not, not that they restore your fate, for me it is right for me it is it's like look in football in terms right what's gone on at City right there was a massive irony over what City were doing last last week or the week before after cutting Liverpool's allocation and rightly or wrongly if they've cut it they've cut it right but the irony of what they then the way they behaved was ridiculous Chelsea have had to come out and I think issued two apologies over their fans behaviour in the last two games right one for chance about Hillsborough and one for um homophobic chance I think it is right um when you see in football terms like you know like you say that team are setting a standard you know City have set a standard Liverpool set a standard both of them have set standards that are ridiculous Arsenal for me set a standard at the weekend where go show scream sing whatever you want abuse Liverpool players as much as you want that's that happens in football but overall nothing came over where they sang songs where you thought they're just dickheads. And, you know, I think they've set a standard. And, and like, the stuff that has to be put up with, and I'm going to mention someone now, and it's only because it's popped into my head, right? There's a girl on Twitter called Cheryl Hennessy, right? Yeah. And her father was killed at Hillsborough, right? Now, she has a petition going at the moment for, um, basically, if you have an address in the UK, you can sign this petition. And if you get so many um, petitions, petitions signed the UK government have to respond to it basically she wants to make the singing of these chants by anybody in a football ground a criminal offence now the stuff like fair play to her first of all and if anyone has a UK address and it's very easy to just find any UK address put it on it and send it in right but the stuff she has to put up with is yeah. to this day just lies that she has to actually answer to is incredible like I seen one the other day saying um, well you should ask the people of Sheffield how do you feel about Liverpool fans they hated them and then it's clearly proven that the people of Sheffield and around in the media Hillsborough area were letting Liverpool fans into their houses to look after them because after the, the, the 
wasn't the sports hall was made a temporary mark. People are being asked to go into houses, have cups of tea. Do you need to have a sleep? Do you need to ring home? Because there was no mobile phones at the time. Finding a, a, a phone at the time was hard. And that sort of stuff is what she used to put up with. And that's like, I'm only bringing her up as one case because her father died at Hillsborough. And the reason I, I see it from her most is because I follow her and I see the bullshit, right? That's written by people that clearly, like, honestly, I've listened to every podcast I can on it. I've watched every documentary I can on it. I've, I've read as many papers as I can on it to understand it, right? Because, you know, I was seven years of age when it happened. But you always remember it. But as time goes on, you start to go, is that right? Is that right? But you, you start looking over it. And I, I, I would, on a semi-regular basis, watch something on Hillsborough. You know what I mean? Um, just to, it always refreshes your mind as to, as to what happened. And, and when I see what goes on with the likes of Charles Hennessy on, on Twitter and what she has to put up with, and just spend her time, you know, proving lawyers wrong, right? Instead of, like being able to live her life and, and, and try to do good, she's actually having to spend the time from idiots. And then Arsenal put in on top of that, where Arsenal, I think, showed at the weekend that, listen, you don't have to share about that. There's no reason to share about that, especially on the weekend that's in it. It's Liverpool's home game before April the 15th. But it was um, it was just, it's, I just thought, I, I think it's a brilliant pick for winner of the week. And I, think I, I just think as well, Gav, you know, the manager set the tone even in his press conference, do you know the humility on, and I didn't expect it. I'm his biggest critic. He came out he, in his press conference. He was like, "I've been to Anfield loads of times, never had any joy." And he is quote like, "Sometimes it's suffocating. You can't breathe as a player. You know, it's like getting punched in the corner of a ring by Mike Tyson. All of these things." And you could tell in his eyes, like, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" And um, but you know, with the badge on. Not talking about and then with the flower, but you can tell that it wasn't a PR thing with him. The man lived in the city, and genuinely understands. He has his finger on the pulse. He understands what. Yeah, it because means. there'd be plenty of Everton fans that would have been affected by Hillsborough. Of course, and still are the biggest, the most fervent Liverpool uh, Everton supporters. The ones that I know, like Blue Nose Bob, they, that fella does. Uh, he's great crack on Twitter, but does counselling and looks after people and has you know and knows people that were lost there these people it's family it's a different type of ride. we've talked about this before you know so marteta understands that you know people there's pe- people that talk about why did rafa take the everton job i'll tell you why because he's practically from the city it's a different type of rivalry no no arsenal for me i mean arteta i hope he goes and lifts a trophy for me Anyway, win or lose, they'll be champions. They're champions for me. Them fans. Mm. Champions. I thought I thought they were the way they held themselves over the weekend was excellent. Now, on the pitch, people were saying, you know, I'll do our wasting time or a shower of pricks. I've no problem with that. What are you gonna do? <laughs> but I've no problem with it. If they're looking to win a title, they might need to, you know, go down a bit easy. They might need to waste a bit of time. They might need to be in the ref's face. I've no problem with that. That's football. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we can all argue over it. At the end of the day. Every team we've ever watched have done what Arsenal done at the weekend with regards to, oh. um, you know, the dark arts, as they call them. You know, and, 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 and some teams who have been really good, Liverpool, and, uh, for one, who have been really good in the past, have been accused of not using or utilising the dark arts enough. So, look, I think overall Arsenal come out with a good point at the weekend. Um, before, uh, so... And they've come out with a lot of respect, a lot of respect. Arsenal fans and and, and the club itself has come out. Um, let me see. Uh, do, 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 do. 
um, I, uh, Thor is saying 100 Gav a lie can tra- oh sorry a lie can travel around the world before the truth has got its trousers on yeah you're dead right um, but it's for me this, this stuff on Twitter is just people who don't research this don't look it up hear something stick to it and just keep fucking it out there as if it's if, as if it's fact and it's clearly not you know and the most the most obvious things you know the most obvious things and and then some of the most vague things that you can mm. just vaguely kind of say something. Even the vague things are being covered. Because mm. truthfully, the Hillsborough has been covered so much. So, so much, right down to the last detail it's been covered. So even if you said something like, Oh, yeah, Liverpool fans, uh, people around Hillsborough hated them, you're lying. Because everyone has been spoken to. Everybody. That's what the the, the um, independent panel was for and everything. So it's been well, well covered. And if you have the time and to research it and read into it. You if you ever think the Liverpool fans are, you know, it, it it's okay to shout about disasters of any type, um going and going and um going and reading that will probably probably change your mind. Uh Madge Apple says I was cramming for the leaving cert, which is the uh school um exams in Ireland in April nineteen eighty nine and I still remember the shock of watching the horror on T V that day. My dad turned off the telly that day. My dad's a United fan. Big United fan tried to get me to support United, you know, even to the point where when I made me communion, he was trying to buy me United jerseys, sticking United fucking posters on the wall, you name it. Like, have tried to put me in United jerseys, and I was just having none of it. I'm like massive United fan, and was up with me a couple of weeks ago after we beat them seven nil, and he was like, "Did you watch the match?" And I was like, "I was at it," and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> you know," but like really easy going with it at the same time. But I remember, I remember that day when that happened, and him turning it off because he knew what was going on there. He knew what was going on, and even years later, my dad said to me, "Like, how?" And I'm not talking. I'm not talking about in the two thousands or two thousands. I'm talking about mid nineties. Mm. Like, I remember going to Liverpool with my dad in ninety eight ish. Would have been his first time at Anfield. His first time at Anfield, and him, him always saying to me, "Like, you know, how anyone believed that this wasn't, you know, just not the 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 fans and stuff." He just couldn't get over that. As a as a as a Manchester United fan, you know, so it, it's one of those. Um, but Arsenal, yeah, thumbs up to Arsenal this week. Um, it's been uh, they're still they're still there thereabouts. Going to go down to the wire that title. Liverpool have probably scuppered them a little bit, but yeah. over the weekend they've come out as, as a really good football side and a yeah, really yeah. class. They've shown some absolute class as a club as well. Um, my winner. Now we spoke. We spoke Roy Hodgson last week, but I'm giving it to Crystal Palace. Good. I'm giving it. To, now I tipped me and Kev done a show on bookmakers on Thursday, and we were talking about who go down. And I think I tipped Palace. I probably have the pages here somewhere where I tip Palace to win at Leeds, because my reason behind it is right is that when Vieira was in charge, they played. They were physical. Played. Tried to play some football, but had a lot of individuals that you needed them to be more together as a as a group. Whereas Roy Hodgson is quite happy to go out and sit back and go, we just sucked this up on one of them individuals to do something up there. And that's what's happening with, with, with Palace. But um, they went to 1-5-1 at Leeds. Um, Incredible. And I I genuinely think in his first two games, he's made them safe. 33 points. Yeah. Six, I think he's six off the drop zone with nine to go. And I can't yeah. see anyone pulling back six on him. Six on him. Mm. So as much as we, we did have a good laugh over our Hodgson last week, and it was in jest, you know what I mean? We're, we're trying to have a laugh, but... Um, th- he's definitely the winner of the week. That's a brilliant win to go away because we're talking six pointers all the time, aren't we? Pete? Yeah, 
100. I watched it, watched the game. Another one, you know, this time of year, you, you kind of like to watch it. And Leeds were excellent first half. If Leeds had a proper centre forward, you know, I don't rate Bamford. I think he's he's Weetabix. You know, he's, he's okay for He scored a good header. But they should have been out of sight at half time, to be honest. Palace, as you say, they, they hang on. And I think they're so physical. The only thing that surprised me for such a physical side, they don't have a player in the cent- in, at centre half who can get up and get it away with his head. It's very unusual for a side that to be so weak from set pieces. I mean, for Patrick Bamford, who isn't imposing at all to win a, a, a free header at the front of the six-yard box from, from a corner kick is, is incredible. And they had four or five instances like that. Sam Johnson, I thought, was incredible in goal for the, for Palace. He kept them in. And it's just a poor finish from Leeds in the in the first half. But the second half, Olise is a players that you would expect. And probably an honourable mention for... Uh, a lad that I like, um, Liverpool looked at him years ago, um, Will Hughes, just sitting in that midfield position, making things happen. He's a very, very good player. He's gone past his best. I think he, he, he really missed his window to be at a top, top player, but should have been. And he showed why, you know, very composed. But my God, Olise, if he signs for a play, if he signs for a side that can coach a finish, you're talking about, a, re- a real player. I mean, yeah. Eze's a player. Ke- Kev, Kev of this parish is a massive fan of Elise. He, he's even had him his name mentioned in when we've talked about, you know, uh, what could Liverpool do this summer. He's mentioned Elise. Um, he just thinks he's absolutely stunning. But but it, it's... For me, it's just the way Hodgson has come in and decided, we'll just go back to what we always done. We'll go in, we'll try to defend, right, riding the luck a little bit, first half. But they're literally going, right, we write our look, but instead of trying to be progressive and fit these individuals in, and they might play their own game a little bit, we'll just be a team of seven here, or eight, and then them three can piss off and do what they like. Mm. If, they go, if they go and do something great, great. If they don't, we're never getting caught here. We're going to have seven. Do you know what I mean? Now, it got easier as the game went on. They got control. Like when it goes two, three, three, one, they, they get control and they're playing better and, and stuff like that. Um, but... Isn't it mad? Like you talk about manager bounces and stuff like that, and Hodgson's well used to them. But and I'm I'm a fan of Vieira. I think he will go and get another job somewhere because the style of play he wants to play is good. Um, maybe the way he's picked his teams a couple of times, maybe and and getting that cohesion between midfield and attack is probably what's hurt him. But they've timed it to perfection here. You know, off the back of some bad stuff like Madge Apple says, that that bad, the hard games are are um. You know, are behind them now. They're in Tunisia running games, but they've turned to perfection. They've gone come from behind to beat Leicester. They've come from behind to beat Leeds, but two teams that are down there taking six points off them, and there's no way they're going down there. Mm. No, it's too brilliant. Strong. Too strong. I totally agree with you, Gav. I just think sometimes it can be a little bit like a great player comes in, tries to make the transition to being a great manager, and very often he gets in his own way. I mean. I remember years ago when Ruud Hullet gave it a go. You know, my favourite player of all time, him and John Barnes. And it just didn't work out because the story was he was walking around the club, I think at Chelsea, and he wouldn't even look at people like Terry Field and he wouldn't engage with people who he didn't think were on the level that he required. And it could be a, a similar case with because you see there's, there's fear. Yeah, because you can see that kind of fear in players. All of a sudden, Eze and Olise when Palace get the ball back, are 
expressing themselves and they look like they've been released from something you know there's a lot of talk of Palace only being good when Will Zaha plays and that was probably true you know because he probably is that one player that under Vieira even was saying well I've been at Man United I know I'm a top player and I'm going somewhere else after this so I don't care what you think sometimes managers can get in their own way I just think with someone like Hodgson it's very much of the experience again. We joked about last week. But he's not. He's not going to put the. To- he's not going to put the yeah. time into rejuvenating this team. He's just going to go. Well, no, no, nine no. games. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, the experience of letting people do what what is most natural to them, and you know, knowing what to say, how to deal with people at halftime. Probably trying to be as positive as you can because I'd love to see the statistics of the difference between you know. Crystal Palace's second halves now. I mean, I, I, one springs to mind when they were in the game against Tottenham and then they got beaten 4-1 at home against Tottenham. You know, they were one all, I think, at half-time. <coughs> and so, it, you know, what, what's the difference between what, what Roy does at half-time and what Patrick was doing? I just think that perhaps it's probably just that thing. It's a clear plan. I'm disappointed that you're, yeah, and I'm disappointed that you're not all at my level kind of thing. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, a bit of the rude hula-itis. And sometimes it, it can be liberating for a player. You know, you're, you're not intimidated. You know that someone has given you, as you say, clear instruction to go mm. and do what he he's, knows. He's, there's no doubt he's gone into that club and went, listen, we've nine, ten games left, okay? And this is where we're going to play. At home, away, if we're playing against ten men, eleven men, this is the way we're going to play. And if we drill ourselves, you know, to an inch of our lives on how to do this, we will get results in the majority of those ten games. And we only probably need results in three of them. You know, they were sitting on 30 points or they were sitting on 27 points when he came in. You know, three wins get you to 36 points. It'll keep you up. You yeah. know what I mean? It, 36 points keep you up. You mentioned Weebix earlier and Jesus, it's kicked off here. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was talking about Magic Abo, Man. Well, Avo says his mate puts butter on his Weebix and eats them like a biscuit, which is fucking <laughs> horrendous. Um, and then somebody else said um, butter on a, on a digestive biscuit. There's nothing wrong with that, but butter on Weebix is absolutely another madness. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think Palace... 33 points now. They're six points clear of Torton Bottom, whoever that is. Um, it might be Forrest. Um, and I just can't see. Is it Leeds? No, I think I think uh, I, I can get I can get up now. I can get on the screen now. But it's um, sorry, it's Southampton Bottom. Um, Leicester on 25, Forest on 27, Everton 27, Leeds 29, Bournemouth 30, West Ham 30, Wolves. 31 Palace 33 West Ham have a game in hand on, on everyone around them there um, but I just can't see there's no way for me Forest Leicester or Southampton are over are, are taking six more points than Palace between the end of this between now and the end of the season and I actually struggle to see where Forest and Leicester might even take six points from come the end, between now and the end of the season Um yeah, I've heard that some of them they've made a mad. They're going to make a mad announcement tomorrow. Craig Shakespeare and Dean Smith and John Terry. I mean, oh, well, Leicester. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. And there was talk of Rafa as well. And and it it seems like it seems like teams or maybe potential managers are reluctant to jump in at this at this stage. You know, the American lad wouldn't. I think he, he said no. Was it Jesse Marsh? Yeah, he was linked with Leicester as well. And it's just like they'd want really, they'd really want strong like um, assurances, wouldn't they, 
where if we go down, do I keep a job? What do I get if we're in the championship? You know, and, and what's the, what is it to managers now to sit around for nine, ten weeks? Because you will get a couple of the, a couple of those clubs at the end of the season where they won't have a manager, but they've stayed up and, and they get a job. So I think it's it can be a, a bit bit mad. It's hard for clubs to get people in, unless you're going to go down an Allardyce route where you just call it, and there's a million quid, keep us up. You know, we'll yeah. give you another million, another extra million if you keep us up, maybe yeah. something like that. But managers wanting to progress on and, and take a club forward are probably looking at these jobs going, mm, I'm not too sure at the minute. You know, there again, Chelsea still haven't got a manager and stuff like that, or sports. Um, but at the bottom, I think it's it can be very, very dangerous for managers. Even if they go in and do a good job and they don't stay up, you're still seeing as you're, you're relegated with a team. And I know you're only getting a quarter of the season to do it, but it's still on your CV that you were, you were relegated. Um, mm. Losers of the week. I'll let you start. You want me? Um, okay. I'm going to make a point. Um, not too political because uh, I know people hate when I go off on a t- tangent but I, and I don't want to discuss what should or shouldn't happen to the linesman to Robertson I think the real issue to be honest well, with you is, so yeah, yeah, we, will, we will obviously but the real issue is the selective outrage to be honest with you of the media and let me so let me explain to you why I'm going to give you three very clear examples and people can weigh in in fact i'm relying on people to weigh in it's it's interesting what people think i mean the times there was a piece in the times on the 24th of january 2022 and you're talking about three pieces within nine months of each other nine months less than a year of each other and it was titled football cannot ignore the violence cancer that it's infested with in this piece now before i start i'm not comparing um, domestic violence against females to what happened yes I'm not I'm just talking to you about violence and how people are talking about uh, no nonsense no violence period and then they change their tune so the title you can't ignore it and then they're very quick to condemn people rightly so people like Mason Greenwood Mike Tyson in the past Mayweather and uh, the Times then applauds Man City for the zero tolerance stance against Ben Mendy, all of that stuff. No tolerance, and I'm quoting from the piece itself, no tolerance of any form of violence should should there be within within the game. Um, this, uh, and uh, Martin Samuel, who wrote this piece, went on to say, this is the Ray, the Ray Rice moment. Anyone who follows American football like Phil Casey does will, will tell you that Ray Rice was a domestic abuser and who was kind of given three games, and then it was expanded, expanded, expanded. So this is the Ray Rice one. You've got to put your foot, foot down. Then our friend Matt Lawton, also at the Times, um, in February 2022, um, went on and started to film a football-related violence piece and pointed the finger at young people in the UK and drug users. Uh, and then he, he made an, an, a point of pointing, I don't know if you remember the Nottingham Forest and Leicester game, I think it was in the FA Cup at the time, where a supporter, 19 years of age, runs onto the pitch and and gives a, a Nottingham Forest goal scorer, you know, tries to clout. Anyway, that, that fellow was brought up on three counts of assault, right? Matt Lawton points out that, quite rightly, and any and all violence has no place in the game. It's very, very, very good for the authorities to come down. It just cannot happen, especially with the cameras watching. It, I, I hope that guy gets six months. Fast forward. Nine months, another, well, we'll give it, well, let's be generous, just under a year, 11 months. Martin, our friend Martin Samuel again today, and I quote, assistant referee Constantine Hatsidakis, angry reaction at Anfield was wrong, 
but not surprising. And it's more surprising that officials don't snap more at players. That's a justification of violent conduct, right? He gives an example then in the piece of a teacher grabbing a student that this is from his own experience, grabbing a student and threatening him with violence, saying if he ever sees that young flip on the street outside of school, and I quote, that he will effing kill him. And Martin Samuel lauds the teacher saying, yeah, that's how you deal with people. Now, let me tell you something, Gab. This is an example of authoritarianism and the the systemic regime driven basically bias. I mean, these people think that we are scum. Let's be honest with you. They think that I'm scum. They think that you're scum. They think that Man United supporters are scum. They think that Arsenal, Man City, they think that we're all scum. And they see football as a vessel, basically writing about football on a Monday morning as a vessel to call us all that. And the fact that we're all divided and we're quite happy to engage in that tribalism, to point the fingers at who's the biggest scumbag, is how we all, not miss it, but it's how we all tolerate it. I mean, it's, if you're from Liverpool, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, you know, the Northern part, you're a scumbag and you're a subject to be subdued. But if you're an authority figure, like a linesman or somebody who's in authority, well then, this was coming. Andy Robertson had it coming for having the temerity to go over and talk to someone with whom, by the way, he had previous. I don't know if you remember the Spurs game where he was sent off and um, Harry Kane later on in the game was left on the park for arguably a worse challenge. So there's previous between them. So there was probably a bit of vocal needle, but it in no way justifies the violence that Andy Robertson was subjected to. I don't care how hard he connected, how hard he didn't connect. You cannot write in the space of 11 months, three articles, two absolutely laying out a zero tolerance policy to any form of violence in sport. And then today, write an article where you say, I'm surprised this type of violence hasn't happened before. Do you know why? Because they look at us, me, you, all of us, all fans, and they think you're scum. And finally, you're getting your comeuppance. The absolute hypocrisy of it. It's incredible. And that's why they're my losers of the week. Okay. We've put this together because we, we've kind of we've kind of joined forces on losers this week because of the PGMOL and the media. Okay. So let's let's go through it a little bit because definitely the PGML PGMOL to start with, the incident with Andy Robertson. And the media reaction to it and the attempted justification of it. And and I, I went very close to going on a rampage last night on the show because I am just sick and tired of what we perceive to be um, upper-end media or high-profile media, media people, um, you know, well-known journalists or people in media or social media or whatever it be, literally only saying words so they get a reaction they're not giving their opinion they are not giving you any insight they are literally thinking in their own head or in my belief being supplied with words that they could they know that if i hit these certain target words within a certain amount of seconds enough people will click on this and we will make my money 
okay or this company will make their money uh g10 says keem was a disgrace i can only get on to him in a minute i spoke about him last night but fuck him i'm speaking about him again today um so first first off first off right it might sound a little bit of hypocrisy for me to say oh people that speak about football publicly and this standard and only say this i speak about football publicly because it's on the internet it's in the public forum right but at the same time I know this channel isn't going to go and have 100,000 subscribers or 50,000 subscribers or a million subscribers, right? Because what we do on this channel is come on, speak about football, give what I believe is balanced arguments, okay? If, you're, if you say something, I want you to back up what you've said. Why have you said that? Tell me why you've said that. Don't throw something out there because so you can be clipped up, right? And and thrown around and, and being, be laughed at, right? I believe that we give balanced discussion on whether Liverpool players, whatever it might be, and we back up our argument with, I've actually thought about this. I've actually spent a few minutes thinking about this. And for that reason, we don't appeal to the vast majority of people out there. And that's absolutely fine. Like, to be honest with you, P, right? Honestly, P, if I could find a way to grab all these people in this chat that are on every night and put them in a bubble... And speak to them every night and let them talk to me live while I'm doing this. I would be gone off YouTube. Mm. I would be gone off YouTube. I would. If someone said to me, you know, you do your videos every night and then you you put them out for download. Correct. But I'm not going to just go and record my podcasts and put them out for download without people that watch us all the time having the chance live to discuss it. Give us comments, give us feedback and fuel the the, the chat, right? But if I could, honestly, and I mean this, if I could find a way to record our podcast while allowing these people in where it's not on YouTube, I will be gone off YouTube tomorrow. And if I find a way to do it, I will be gone off YouTube tomorrow because I don't see any value in it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't wa- I don't watch any football stuff on YouTube. None, right? Because it doesn't appeal to me. What's going on doesn't appeal to me. And I know what we do doesn't appeal to the vast majority. That's absolutely There's fine. No partisan right? hacks. Right? Mm. So so that so I just want to say that, right? It doesn't and I know I know that we don't appeal to people because we don't shout and scream enough. We don't make insane fucking statements. And you know, people go, he's fucking mental. No, we're not. We're just fellas talking about football like you were over a point, right? And that's fine. We know where we are, we know where we sit. That's absolutely fine. I don't judge how good we are on the amount of people that watch us or the amount of people that subscribe or the amount of people that do anything. I judge it on how much we enjoy doing it and we enjoy it thoroughly. So that's all right. So now on to the other stuff, the PGMOL, right? The PGMOL, the whole thing is a farce. From top to bottom, it is a farce, okay? And we can go back. You're going back 11 months there. You're going on with, you know... um. You're going off with with, with things from Martin Samuel and wherever it might be, right? But you're going back to that, and that's fine, right? And you've you've looked into it, you've researched it, and I don't disagree with you. But I could also go back, P, to this and that and this and that, and you can keep going, keep going, keep going, all these incidents, and and they just don't care. They yeah. don't fucking care, right? And no matter how many opportunities they're given to get things right, they do not fucking care. Okay, mm. and they laugh in the face of the of football for me, right? And they laugh in the face of the football consumer for me, right? Because if you look at what happened the weekend, right? 
and there's so many instances before it, but Brighton against Spurs at the weekend, right? Brighton have a goal disallowed because a guy is pushed and it hits his arm and he goes in. It's a handball, that's fine, give a penalty. He's being pushed, he's being impeded while he's trying to control the ball in a goal scoring position. Give him a penalty, right? They then have a clear penalty, not allowed, okay? Right, I'm a Tome, right? And then they're writing letters to fucking Brighton the next day and say, by the way, sorry, that should have been a penalty. Now, this guy that's writing the fucking letters, it might be Howard Webb now at this stage, right, that's writing the letters, has as many cameras as he needs in that fucking stadium. He has a guy on the pitch, he's two guys on the sideline, he's a fourth official, he's a fella up in the VAR room, and he probably has another four of them assistants to that person, right? And they could not pick out that penalty until the following day. Until the following day. Now, if they don't give that penalty there and that game goes on, he shouldn't be writing letters the next day. Because that is just absolutely just that will boil my blood if I'm a Brighton fan, right? So for me it's a farce, the whole PGMOL and the VAR stuff. Because the idea of it is not a farce. The idea of it is fine. I'm not gonna say anything better than fine. But you have to implement it properly. And they continue to fail to implement it. And they continue to find a grey area where they have no responsibility other than now they've gone to the stage where they're writing letters the next day. And that is simply not fucking good enough. right? Mm-hmm. Arsenal could lose a title over this. City could lose a title. United, Newcastle could lose out on top four. Liverpool could lose out on top four. Things Somebody could be relegated over this. And what are you going to do? Write them a fucking letter the next day. It's not good enough. Now, on to the fella, the linesman, right? Now, the linesman's power in this, in all of this, along with referees for me, is if a player gets in their face, which they do, right? it happens every fucking day of the week at football games, they get in their face, and they can tell, go away, go away, go away, and then, boom, card, yellow. Then they go away, because they know if they come back and do it again, bang, there's another yellow, fuck off. I don't care if it's after the halftime whistle, I don't care if it's before the match. You, you piss me off now, and I'll start handing out cards, right? And no referees, adjudicator, whatever they call them, inspector, right, or supervisor, is going to pull a referee in that and go, why did you give him two yellows? Well, he was tr- he was threatening towards me, okay, so I, I booked him. And then he continued, so I had to stop him. Simple as, right? What that fella does yesterday, Andy Robinson isn't blameless in it. Don't, li- don't get it wrong, right? Don't get it wrong. No, he's always at right? it. If he, if he wasn't Liverpool He's playing, always hey. at it. He's always at it. <laughs> but if, if that fella doesn't raise his arm yesterday, reports to the ref, ref books him and says, don't do it again. Right? He's telling me what's happened. Don't do it again. Fine. That man lifts his arm and swings it at Andy Robertson. And I don't care what anyone says. You have to lift and do that. Your arm has to come up and go back. It's two movements he does yep. towards Andy Robertson yesterday. And the PGMOL, to my my knowledge, has come out so far. Now, there could have been something later on in the day. Right? There could be some later on in the day that I haven't seen. To basically say he won't, he won't officiate until a full investigation is done. Now, I'm sorry, how much investigation would you like to do? The video yeah. evidence is there, right? Andy Robertson gets booked for the incident, so he's being punished. But this man has lifted and done that, right? <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't go as far as say he should be sacked, but I think he should be banned for a serious amount of time, right? Again, you have, to, you have to look at two things. You have to look at who was against. I mean, not, and everybody always lynches me on here for saying, oh, you think everything is related to nationality and racism. But I'm sorry it is. If that's Harry Kane who's on the receiving end of an elbow from, from an official, the game is stopped. Uh, 
you know, all the linesman is taken out of the game and at least and replaced. And let me tell you another thing: the PGMOL have nowhere to go with this. And I'll tell you why. The best thing that they, the, the only way they could have covered themselves yesterday, if the referee had shown at halftime in the dressing room, Andy Robertson a red card, because now they cannot circle their wagons and say it was a serious thing. Therefore, uh, a reaction would is somewhat justified. The, Andy Robertson goes over and gets in the linesman's ear. You know, a little bit, whatever. Even if he said the worst thing in the world, there is no justification for swinging their elbow at somebody. They have nowhere to go. i tell you why. Because a yellow card, Gav, is a decision. What's it, babe? What am I booking this fella for? What did he say to you? Mm-hmm. So I book him. If he had sent them off, <coughs> then I would have said, listen, obviously Robbo done something. And even if it was lies, that would have been the way for the PGML OL to but, protect themselves. But, 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 but P, listen. The them men and women that referee or our lions men or lions women or what uh, referees assistants as I know now right and fourth official they are there to adjudicate on a game and keep order to a game okay yeah. to a certain extent exactly. don't get me exactly. wrong if a twenty man brawl breaks out the ref isn't jumping in like it's Royal Rumble right but he keeps a, a certain cap on it until the point where he thinks it's too much and he has to say right everyone off the pitch the game's fucking abandoned. Right, they have to keep a certain order on this. Now, now I don't know how anyone can turn around and tell me that the person that's meant to keep order to this. How are you keeping order to a game by lifting your arm and striking a player in the face with it? And the yeah. same way you're talking about, if you book Andy Robertson, if I'm on a pitch with you, P, right, and a tackle goes in, me and you go head to head, and I headbutt you. I move my head towards you, and you come back and you headbutt me. We're both seeing red. It doesn't matter who done it first. We are both seeing red for violent conduct. If I hit you, look, on that, um, the Corey gets sent off against Kane the night, right? And Kane goes down a bit easy, right? We'll, we'll forget that for a minute, right? He, he slaps at Kane, yeah. right? Now, Kane doesn't need to do all that. The man's getting sent off anyway. But then again, we're talking virus, so anything could have fucking happened. But if Kane turns around and turns and slaps him back, they're both getting red cards, right? So if you're booking Andy Robertson, right, for something he said or he's a bit overzealous in what he's saying to the linesman, fine. But you can't then, there's no way the PGMOL can come out, right, or the Premier League or anybody else come out and say, ah, oh, listen, this, that, and the other. It's not. It's simply not. He has done this. It's an intentional movement towards a player. He's He's gone up with his arm and back with his arm. It's two movements in his arm. And he's gone for Andy Robertson with it. End of story. If that yeah. happens on a pitch, he is sent off as a player. Right? And he's banned. The man should be banned. It's as simple yeah, as that. I'm but telling you, I, 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 I can't see how anyone can... And, and, and no. you go, but going back to your thing, where people yeah. are saying, oh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Well, <sighs> hold on. You're surprised it doesn't happen more often. I'll tell you what you do, and I keep saying it. Book them. Send them off, and they'll stop doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll stop like doing movie. it. If you book, like if, if I'm a referee and you come at me and you go, fuck, I go, hold on. The decision's being made, go away. But And you keep going, booking, Right? And then you just like, keep going, keep going, going, go, listen, go away now or you won't be playing anymore. And you keep going back. There's another one, fuck off. I'm yeah. not doing it. Right? Because you're, you're now trying to be intimidating. You now won't stop. And it's just for me, like, Tierney, you know, they'll all just, they'll all just, like you say, circle the wagons. But there's nothing they can do for this fella. 
This fella has clearly no, made a move towards a player. It's but the, done. It's but the, done, Gav. Of course it is. But the, bigger, but the bigger thing in this is, the bigger thing in this is, and it's probably what most people in the chat have been speaking about is, the reaction to this yeah. has been... Actually, do you know what? I was going to say it's been surprising. It hasn't. Because yeah. instead of people being rational over it and thinking, where, well, what the fuck has gone on there? They've thought, what can I say that will make people be most infuriated by this and get most people talking, right? I know what I'll say. I'll say Robbo's a big baby, right? Mm. Now, let me tell you something. Anyone sitting in Sky Studios, or any studio for that matter, that sees that and is rational anyway, they go, Robertson got booked. Yeah, he's probably mounting out of him. But that fella has literally just fucking elbowed him in the face. That's the end of it. If it's any other club, Gav, and I'm not sure, oh, here you go with your Liverpool hat. If it's any, it's not even, it's it's viral all, all over the internet for the reason that an official has struck a player. Whereas with Liverpool, oh, there must be, there's two sides in it. And because right-wing media, I'm sorry, but right-wing media know that there's an element of the, 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 the PGMOL, I mean to issue a to issue a statement like that saying we're going to uh, we're going to have a long investigation. A, a strong the, a, in any other country it would have been obviously the the behaviour of the official is unprecedented, but we need to sit down and take statements. But it it would have been stronger. But this is it's in the balance. We don't know what's going. I mean, if it's yeah, but, anybody, but, say but that on. happens to Turin. Say that happens to Juventus, for example and an official strikes a Juventus player. Everybody knows, all of the talk shows are saying, you know, will this guy sit down and have criminal charges against him? That's the, not what did Robertson say. Yeah, but, but, the, but the thing is, but the thing is, like, what, nobody's saying Robertson is blameless in this. Robertson is clearly in the linesman's ear, right? And the linesman has options. Hmm. Option one, tell him to go away. Option two, book him. Which you can do, by the way, right? And option three, send them off. Does none of those things. He gets booked in the tunnel going in because it's obviously being said to Tierney who's booked them, okay? But that Lions man decides that he's not going to use any of those things. He's going to walk, and like it's not really Robertson standing there for 30 seconds having to go at him. He walks towards him, says something to him, says something to him again, and it's bang, right? Now, it's not, he doesn't use any of the powers he has. He uses physicality, right? And yeah, I've seen people saying that that happens to Harry Kane, if that happens to this, if that happens to that. And you're probably right. But I'm not... I'm not. That's not the game anymore. That's not the game anymore. Roy Kane, right, listen, Roy Kane called Randy Robertson a big baby. Now, I've seen that quote, right? And at the start of the quote, he's calling the... You can see him thinking as to what he's going to say because he's half saying one thing and then he goes down, goes on Robertson, right? But he should worry more about his defending than the linesman. Well, no, because there's a big decision being made and Andy Robertson wants to say it to the linesman. Now, Roy Keane calling um, Andy Robertson a big baby, is he's either a fucking idiot, which I don't believe he is, right? Or he's clearly playing to a crowd that he's being asked to play to. Because Roy Keane, Roy Keane, as Manchester United captain, was charged, charged, right, by the FA, and along with his teammates, for surrounding a referee at Old Trafford. Okay? Do you remember that? That's charged. That's what he did. Right? That's what he did. Now, so, he made a now, out of it. so what? So by Roy Keane's reckoning, okay, 
that referee should have given him and all his mates a few slaps and his mates should have all just walked away and went, I deserve that. Right? Mm. Roy Keane on that night should have been thinking more about you worry more about your performance now than that referee. Roy Keane, okay, went away to a World Cup and whether you think he's right or wrong over the facilities, right? Walked away. Okay, walked away from it, right? Mm. Cried about it, walked away from it, and then went went and hid in his house and brought his dog for a walk. Right? Now he's sitting there in Sky Studios. And he's trying to tell you that the big talking point of all this isn't the fact that a referee or an assistant has elbowed a player in the face intentionally, right? That's not the big talking point. The big talking point is is that Andy Robertson is out of order and um, he's a big baby for having a go with the linesman. But this is the guy that chased fucking people around. Roy Keane is the same fella that threw an absolute strop at St. James's Park went down like a child because Alan Shearer had the... Uh, had the fucking balls to say something to him and got himself sent off he's getting pulled around like a rag doll by his by his teammates because he wanted to go after Shearer and this is what you, you see Roy, I can't get over I can't get over the likes of Roy Keane and others that people pay a monthly subscription to go and listen to these people right when you clearly know what they're saying is not what they think right mm. It's one in ten now. It's one in ten quotes where you go, that's a bit insightful. The rest is all just, I'm going to say this and I'm just going to pop it out there. I'm just going to throw it out there online and I'm going to let it manifest where people just row over it and they'll all be talking about me. And then on top of that, they put these pricks on stage and people pay a fortune to go and watch them. And that's the gig. I mean, it's and Roy Keane sits. Roy Keane sits there, wooden, right, with his earpiece on, on a big fucking armchair, and all he wants to talk about is how other people are fucking idiots, right? And that's where I can I just cannot get past this anymore. I, I genuinely, Pete, the amount of football coverage I take in as is is at an all time low. I used to love, and I'm being honest, I used to love listening to Carragher and and Neville, and even Neville on his own before Carragher was there. I used to love it. I used to love some BBC pundits, some B, some lads that are on BT now going back to football, Italian football. Spanish football, Revista de Liga, all of these things I used to watch and go, that's good, isn't it? You know, or they get a manager onto Monday Night Football. But now, it's not. Now, it's all just... Clickbait. You can see that, you can either see their brains working or they're, they're after being handed, there's the five words that you need to get in here in the next 30 seconds because that's the clip yeah. that's going out. Right? And, and, and fellas that you wouldn't expect. But, but, they're, being, but, they're, being, but they're being clipped up now. I always say, if you, if you rate somebody or you want to watch somebody, in a footballing sense. Find me how many times they're clipped up for a footballing opinion. Yeah. And the amount of footballing opinions they are clipped up for and put out there for is dwindling all the time. One, yeah. because that's not the market anymore and it's a shame. And two, because they're absolutely fine with sitting there taking their money going, Mike, fuck, fuck my opinion. I'll just, tell, I'll just say something mad here and then we'll all just go home and it's great crack. Yeah. And for anybody to turn around there and try and make an argument that the linesman, right, you're surprised that doesn't happen more. The linesman, like, forget what the linesman done. Robertson's given out. He should be worried more about his fucking positional sense. P, I give up. I really fucking no, I mean, give it's, up. Listen, I, I pick on Martin Samuel because basically he's a, he's a, his opinion is bought and sold. Um, by wealthy people who own Manchester City. That's what he does. And in fairness, in, in his first article, he targets Manchester United um, because obviously they're the enemy. He targets anybody, but he applauds Manchester City for taking a stance on a suspected rapist at the time. Um, so for me, it's clear. I mean, this is a man that goes to Qatar 
every every three or four months and is wined and dined by a, by a murderous regime. So that's fine. But for me, like I look at, I look at, I the the, the more you step back, Gav, it's like you say, I'm tired of it. I see the big, you know, you see the big picture. They just think they think we're all stupid, and they think that we're all scum. So it, it's almost like let the scum kill each other because they won't see it. They're too busy being tribal and hating on each other. So we'll just stir the pot. And to say something, for example, what happened, what the Lionsman did was unprecedented. What Andy Robertson did was precedented. Therefore, you know, ixo facto, the Lionsman is in big trouble. But it's to actually attempt to both sides and what about a situation like <laughs> that? tells me how stupid it has all become. You're absolutely right. I mean, like I said, it's not even a debate. You can, you're an official. You're supposed to be arbiter of common sense. You're supposed to live in the grey area. You're not entitled to that previous. You're not entitled. You are literally paid to be indifferent and impartial. That's you. You're not paid to like him, to not like him. You can write a book 20 years later, and you can say, I hated this guy, I hate that. Like Colina, they all do it. But you can't live it. And that's what these guys are now doing because it's become so. And it's blatantly obvious. Obviously, what we all say about Tierney and Kavanaugh and some of these guys gets to them. And now they're living it out live. And it was lived out live yesterday. Robertson is the expert. Don't get me wrong. If he wasn't a Liverpool player, I would hate. Because he's the expert at using words to get under people's skin. That is what he does. But it does not exist. For Martin Samuel, a 35-year veteran, of sports journalists, someone who's an advocate for stamping out violence, all kind of violence, to turn around and say the violence was coming. It's just... Well, Red Steve, it, Red Steve says, says this, and he said something similar last night. He says, Roy will be watching this with his popcorn. They're talking about me. I'm a thing again. Just ignore the prick. Ignore Didi. Ignore Gabby. Ignore Rapoy. Ignore Carla. Yeah, they may be sitting watching. They're not sitting watching this. But they may be sitting watching shows that are similar to this and to watch eating the popcorn and thinking they're a thing again but if they are sitting and watching the popcorn thinking i'm a thing again that says more about them than it does about me okay that says more about them than it does about me it's as simple as that right because honestly i would give anything for carragher and neville to just do the monday night thing they're brilliant at it right but tactics Patterns, movement in football, good goals, you know, good strikers, good, you know, decisions as a defender, positioning as goalkeeper. None of that sells anymore. Nobody fucking cares. That's not football anymore to people. What it is, is who can say the maddest thing on the biggest platform and then that'll just everything will be paid for. And that's where it's gone. It's not for me. And Red Steve, to be honest with you, the amount of the amount of stuff I'm taking in, in that sense, is very minimal. I happened to be watching Sky yesterday. I don't usually, okay. I just happened to be watching Sky yesterday, and when I watched it, it only reinforced my view on I'm not watching. Why would I watch this? Why I'm being sold this product as these analysis, these commentators, these co-commentators, just fucking treat them now commentating on games, and they're meant to have all this that and that, and it's not. It's not. It's they're literally thinking what will make the most headlines and what I say. Not the most intelligent, not the most insightful, not the not something that make people think. Like when I hear when I listen to ex footballers or managers, I'm not saying I know I know fuck all about football when you think about it. But I want them to, I want them to say something where I go, 
fuck yeah. Jesus, that was a great goal, but what I didn't know was that. And that's where you kind of go, that's brilliant. But now yeah. it's not. You know, now it's now it's just ha- something happens and they just pick something random within the clip yeah. and just decide that that'll make the most and just go with it. And I just I just can't do it anymore. I'm sorry, I just can't do it anymore. And it's even got to the stage now where like I love doing these shows every night, well most nights of the week. I love I do loads of prep for them. I do loads of work in the background for them. I do everything for them, right? But honestly, it's got to the stage now where even being on the same in the same stratosphere as these people just does me fucking yeah. head in. Look, yeah, honestly, I could t- if someone said to me, "There's t- two hundred and fifty people that watch you every night, or two hundred people that watch you every night," and I could take those two hundred, bring them in here, do the same shows all the time, but yeah. only those two hundred watch and give their input, I'm absolutely fine. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, you're so, right, though. You're right. You're right. I mean, I, 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 I got a kick out of watching Wrexham today. I watched Wrexham and Notts County. Deadly, because, wasn't know, it? The defending was terrible. The attacking was excellent. It was you know, fucking yeah, brilliant. Did you yeah. see the goalway a man chips the ball forward and ends up running onto his own pass? Really? I mean, it's, yeah. that's, that's like Leinster Senior stuff. Yeah. Everyone just freezes like statues, waits for other people to react, thinks about offside, and he just yeah. keeps going. Defending was terrible. Attacking was brilliant. And Ben Foster, there's a lot, lots of great stories. Made a bleeding the great save from the, the, the penalty. But but you see, if you watch that as a production, right? It was on BT, I think it was. So I watched it. Yeah. But if you watch that, right? There was lads on the sideline being interviewed at halftime. You know, the ex-players and an ex-manager, I think. And they're going, yeah, look, that was a good goal. But he was poor there and stuff like that. But you're just watching going, yeah, yeah, that was. Like, he was right, yeah. But, you know, and you really got engrossed in it. And I watched, I watched all through half time in it because I thought it's a great game. The lads are just saying it as it is. But I know if I turn over on Wednesday night and Liverpool are playing a game or whoever's playing a game, and I'm watching Sky or whatever, I'm gonna kind of go. I'm not watching anything up until that kickoff. And if I ha- and I'll go and I'll find Drury or Beglin somewhere to commentate, and then I'll turn off the thing after it. You know, and like honestly, um. What an advertisement for National League football that was, Wrexham. The place was rammed. The Notts County brought a big crowd with them. It was fucking brilliant. I made it, I put a tweet up saying it was the best, technically the best non-league game I've ever seen. I mean, it really was. It was was excellent. Now, don't get me wrong, Notts County are a lovely football inside. They really are. They try to play ball. They're a little bit naive with the high line. The guy Mullins yeah. up front for for Wrexham is is brilliant. Yeah, um, good there was so much hard work and good tackles, strong tackles. There was good football. There was good finishes. There was mistakes. There was it was, but it was on a knife edge from the very start because anyone that doesn't know Wrexham, Notts County, um, level on points going into it. Wrexham had a game in hand. They both hit a hundred points. And um, there's five games to go. Wrexham now go three points clear <coughs> with a game in hand. And um, it's it, unbelievable. And Reynolds was there, and well, he gave it loads and all the set celebrations. Yeah, well, someone says was Reynolds there. He was there. It was yeah. it was brilliant. Um, but uh, it was just a great advertising for football. It really yeah. was. And, and I'm actually going to keep an eye on Wrexham and Notts County for the rest of the season. See how they get on because <laughs> yeah. it was it, for me. Yeah. Wrexham won the game, and you can see how hard they worked. But I thought Notts County for the level of football we're talking. Fifth tier of English football, I think that is. Yeah, well, listen, and, but the quality of football, um, yeah, the idea not, of trying know, to play football was there from both yeah, sides. They, they, so it was, they, it was really, really played in the Premier League. Let's not let's not pretend that these are non-league players. Don't get me wrong; some of the defending was very non-league. But John Bostock has played in the Premier League and played in in four or five countries. You know, there's a couple of players there. Both sides, you know, Mullins could play for Cardiff City, no problem. You know, he's on probably League One money. A lot of them are on big money, so. 
they're miles ahead of everybody else. But let's not take. I mean, Ben Foster came out of retirement. Does you see the shape he's in? Yeah, he's in fantastic shape. Um, Ben Foster. I mean. It's great to watch. I, yeah. And you're right. I'll be watching that. I'll be no, watching like if you, if you check out if you check out the National League, I think it sits now with Wrexham 103 points out of 41 games. Um, not to count the 100 points out of 42 games. Wrexham have a couple of tough ones left. Teams play chasing kind of playoff. But only one go up. The other team will end up being a playoff. And I really, I, I think Wrexham will go up. But just from what I've seen, not to count today, I'd actually love to see them go up because they really, really yeah. try to play football. Regardless yeah. of how, like there was 86 minutes on the clock, they were 3-2 down and they just kept playing the football. They didn't rush it, they just kept playing the football. And uh, it was it was really, um, it was it was really enjoyable to watch. Just to, not to switch off and watch it. Because you kind of, you know, you do switch off when it's not your team. But when I sat down and was watching, I was kind of going, because Shawnee was telling me about it, saying, make sure you don't forget it on Monday. He kept saying to me. And um, I just, uh, I, I sat down and just relaxed. And I just, but I got more and more into it as I went on because it was just 1 0 to Notts County, 2 1 to Wrexham, 2 all, a mistake, 3 2 to Wrexham, uh, you know, a penalty in the last seconds. It was, it was absolutely, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah. It capped off, it, it capped off the weekend, I have to say. Restore your faith in the game, really, you know, that you can enjoy it again. That's what I'm saying for you, because you're mentally exhausted. Like like a lot of us listen to garbage. I mean, look at Dietmar Harmon. Best thing, a lot of people in the chat are saying, the best example of someone that's looking for attention. I mean, I've never seen anybody to be so negative before. I mean, Gary Neville, I take with a pinch of salt, but I remember Gary Neville's last game for Manchester United. I mean, playing, playing that centre-half against West Brom. Somebody clips a long ball through the middle, and Graham Dorans, who's not the fastest player probably in West Brom's team, absolutely does him over 30 yards for pace. He had 10 yards on him and does him, and never walked off the pitch. And he's taught this is a fella talking about Trent's defending. Fella walked off that pitch and went, That's it, I'm retiring. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you know, it had four or five games to go. So for me, there's a lot of people talking about we all know that Trent is not, it, you know, we know what he is and we know what he isn't, but. I mean, it's it's too much. I mean, there's plenty of players like Trent out there, like Zivchenko, for example. Lots of them that aren't great going forward. It's not a new phenomenon. You know, players are playing that position that aren't defensively great. But let's talk about what the guy does at a phenomenal level. His final ball. Well, the thing, the thing yesterday was, um, like, the thing yesterday was, Trent was being was being singled out again yesterday in that game. Um, but, the, but the singling out disappeared very quickly after half time. Now, I'm not saying Trent should be absolutely lauded for a second half and not pulled up on his forced. But you can't, like, you know, if I'm going to laud him on the second half, I'm going to have a go about him over the forced and vice versa. If I'm going to have a go over the forced, let's talk about the second half, how well you're doing and you recover. But that's not the way. That doesn't sell. You know, the sort of way. But look, it's, it's, um, I think it's been a great show because we got loads of our chest and we spoke about loads and the chat has been exceptional tonight um, with loads of, loads of different, uh, Loads of different uh, comments and stuff like that. Um, two great super chats as well from Nigel. I think the guy's name from the start of the show. So uh, it was really good. Um, rest of the week won't have happened tomorrow. Busy, busy, busy tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday we'll try to do a call in. Um, Friday Go. there. Oh, oh, there's a new. I'll tell you now in a minute. Um, does you're obsessed with this fucking golf channel? Uh, <laughs> Thursday we we'll hopefully have a viewer's voice. Friday we'll do a Premier League preview. Um, 
they won't be on Saturday. We we'll do a fat back for Sunday. We'll, we'll Liverpool will play playing next Monday, so um, it'll be full time Reds next Monday. Um, the golf, yeah, I've we yeah we've a new bang average golf video coming out in the morning. It's only five or six minutes long, but it's me and Neely talking about uh, conspiracies. So um, yeah, we're hitting some putts and talking about conspiracies. It's it's insane, and it's only the first part of two parts to be wow. honest with you, because the next part is is being edited at the minute. But um. Subscribed in this chat to, to oh, uh, there's, bang loads, there's loads, there's loads, there's loads in the chat. Have subscribed to Bang Average Golf, but genuinely, if you want, if you want, if you really want to just sit back, relax, and watch something that's relaxing, a bit of laugh, and even if you don't like golf, check it out because it is a it, it's all about having a laugh, honestly, and laughing at each other. Um, but our charity is Breast Cancer Research. Um, like I said, the, the super chats that come in tonight will go towards that. We're going to wait till October and get them all together. We have a track we're able to find exactly what we've earned every month on, on um, super chats. And um, as soon as we get that, we'll bundle it all together and we'll send it off. But link is in the description. Um, you can you can donate on that. You can share that link if you if you can't donate. If you would like to help us out with our golf day by sponsoring a hole, by sponsoring long drive nearest the pin. If you want to donate money to us to buy prizes, just give us the money and we'll buy the prizes um, on your behalf. If you're an individual or you're a company or you know a company or your man's works somewhere or your dad works somewhere or your brother that might, just ask them all, right? For a, for a, like genuinely, for 50 quid, you could be buying two prizes for the raffle. For 100 quid, you could be sponsoring one of the halls and, you know, the more we get in, we're, we're trying to get a lump sum here on this golf day to add to what's already be what's already there and we'll we'll already hopefully what what will hopefully come in over the next few months. Um P, anything else before we go? Oh not much. Just everybody you know, give what you can, give what you can to the charity. Obviously every I mean Gavin never says it, but he never stops. And it seems like he, he picks I'll say it in front of you, I said it behind your back, he picks, you know, people that really need it, you know, wouldn't have an avenue or recourse to this kind of resource ordinarily and you know your support and the support of everybody that subscribes and that even follows us on twitter you know he always gets them over the line these are people that really deserve whether it be it just a chance to live chance for their child to live a chance for them to survive just a little bit longer you know gav you know you're, you're doing an unbelievable job and i have to say if, if gav says it's worthwhile it is worthwhile so please follow the link give what you can and uh, subscribe to, to the golf as well. I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. obsessed with the golf. <laughs> um, but the weather's killing us on the golf because every time we go to film, it's lashing rain and it's just, it's not nice to film in and it's actually, you don't get the quality of video out of it because it's just crap. But um, we're going we're to try to film again this week and then from from the week after next, I think we're filming two days a week. So we, we will be getting our videos on more regular. But it, as I said, if you're into golf, great. Um, watch it if you're not into golf subscribe anyway because literally we, we talk about anything but golf to be honest with you it's just us playing golf talking about <laughs> all random shit. do you know what I mean it's, it's actually fucking stupid but um, it's it's good stupid um, listen uh, that has been winners and losers that has been the LSE day trip as I've been Gav that's been Pete we've spoken about Palace we've spoken about the PGMOL we've spoken about Arsenal fans we've spoken about the media we've spoken about loads 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 tonight. and um, as I said like, subscribe, comment afterwards, comment now. If you're listening back, give us a five-star review. They help as well. And But most importantly, the link is in your description for our charity. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.